and combat has begun. Huzzah. 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 Magic powers. The swarm turns its attention towards you. Okay. And they begin climbing all over you. Oh, that's not okay. Uh, well, Finnevere, don't worry. The rats are unable to penetrate you. Wait, no. <laughs> mm. As you are trying to break off some of these crystals, you do notice that on one of them, your cloth kind of tears and you do come into contact with one of the crystals momentarily before adjusting your grip. Uh, some days I am very, very appreciative of your barbarism. This moment is not one of them. <laughs> Got proof. We did our job. He gives you the other half of the quest puzzle. and welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is Season 1, Episode 38. I am your Game Master and host for this series. My name is Emily, and I just went to the dentist, so I apologize. But today, I am joined by... Uh, me! Uh, I guess I'll go first. Hi, guys! Uh, I'm Quentin. I'm the GM of the Sword Art Online Odd campaign, but here I just play Humble or... Raging. Not humble. I get glared at by everyone. Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York. Currently the individual who is able to kill everything in our latest combat. Well, excuse you. We tried. And by we, I mean this guy and me. Uh, yes, uh, that, that guy would be me, Jaden, who plays Finnevere Avere, an aspiring bard and seeker. Uh, that means he's a bard and a seeker who has aspirations, or he that he has aspirations to be an accomplished bard and seeker. Well, gentlemen, let's recap. So, you guys managed to successfully dispatch the rats afflicting Jake's farm, and you discovered that there was some kind of odd illness of some sort afflicting one of these rodents of unusual size, also called Ross. Pivot! And now, after having collected the second half of your quest Peace. You head back to Lamb's Respite for the next bit of your adventure. And in fact, you uh, mentioned you wanted to see the Huntsman. So you guys walk through the main gate and you're greeted by a few of the Seekers who are actually sort of standing guard, I guess, is what they're doing. Looks like they're on their own little mission of sorts. Like, like are they standing guard to the town? Yeah. What? Uh, I, I'll, I'll roll a sense motive to see if they're, like, aggressively guarding the town. We're seekers. We have badges. Uh, They'd let us in. I don't see the problem with that. Well, he wants to sense motive what they're doing. Um, I, I don't know if we have to turn tail right now. Okay, so, so you want a sense motive if there's something awry. Yeah, whatever I can sense about their uh, demeanor. and. Go ahead and roll. Uh, and... Uh, as he is blessedly cured and learned his lesson from relic poisoning, uh, I get to take my full roll, uh, rolling a 22. You can sense that these seekers seem to be low men on the totem pole as they really don't seem to care about what's going on. And you can actually notice that they have their steel emblems sort of 
dangling from around their necks. They're not paying much attention, really, but they're standing guard at the gate. Perhaps it's a quest of some sort, or more like a rotating shift that anyone can pick up. Okay. Uh, all right. As I seem disinterested, I don't feel that threatened. Uh, I guess we'll just proceed into the town on the stops. I was walking in preemptively just in case Smoot will pull out his seeker badge from his in his bag. Okay. You pull out your seeker badge, your emblem, and you are holding it, wearing it. What? What are you doing? Oh, uh, oh yeah, I guess it would be a necklace. So yeah, I would wear I would just put it around my neck. Okay. Uh they make note of it and they nod to you as you go in, but they don't really do anything. I didn't know if there was like an enforced curfew or something and like, oh, only seekers can come in our town this late. It's like eight AM. Yeah, it's it's morning. You guys Oh, we slept there. Big facts. Yes. The rainstorm has passed. Very nice. And the ground is still kind of sloshy and wet, and you can actually see some uh trailing marks from wagons that have pulled in recently. But beyond that, the city seems to be at peace and busy as usual. You see Poplai's caravan off towards the center of the uh, main entrance. First place I'm going, I'm going to the Huntsman's. Okay. Uh, and as to chaperones, uh, I guess uh, we'll follow him unless uh, anyone wants to break off from the group. Um, Cece, before you head over, she speaks up. I think I'm going to go check on Uncle John. I think he's going to be upset since I was gone all night. I didn't tell him I was going to be out. Oh, Deb, was that a, was that a re- requirement? Well, technically, I'm supposed to be telling him if I'm leaving anywhere, going somewhere, especially because um, Amali said that he has to watch me. You know the thing. And, well, technically, I'm also not supposed to be staying at the guild, but I did that, so he doesn't really know where I've been. Would you like me to go with you to smooth things over if they don't go well? Oh, no. Uncle John loves me. He doesn't need to be smoothed over. I've already got that. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) So she runs off. Uh, All right. Uh, Smooth away. I would approach the Huntsman's Caravan. Okay. Why don't you guys roll a perception check as you approach? 16 for Charles Smoot and 12 for Finnevere. Okay. Um, You guys, as you begin approaching towards the caravan, feel a slight breeze in the wind sort of pick up, and you can feel that the temperature has dropped a little bit. It doesn't feel like it's as warm as it normally has been. And as you get closer to the caravan and make your way towards the huntsman's stall, you begin to sort of notice that a lot of the stalls seem to be partially packed up and people seem to be putting things away. Oh goodness, are they leaving already? I didn't think it'd been that long. I guess they said they were only staying in town for a few days. Well, hopefully we can catch them before they leave. It's It's been about a week since they've been there. Smoot would hurriedly make his way to where he remembers the Huntsman's caravan to be. All right. You see that the Huntsman is currently at one of his stands and seems to be packing up a few things. Getting ready to head out. Oh. He is currently chewing on his pipe, not holding it at all, just handling whatever he's got wrapped up in a leather cloth. I see you back. And he's putting things away. Before you head out, I perhaps I have something of interest for you. Oh. He takes his hand up and swipes his pipe over from his left to his right. I open the bag and I kind of like throw it on the ground before him. He grimaces as you do so. Not like in this... No, more like in disgust, yeah. Disrespectful kids. It's more of of the disrespect of the quarry. He stands there and looks down at the bag, takes a deep breath from his pipe. What is it exactly? 
a rodent of unusual size, bigger than a cat, captivated in myself. Ah, oh, dire rats. There's she. But this one, interestingly enough, had some weird purple gemstones sticking out of it. Uh-huh. And I want this because... I don't know, you wanted a giant frog. He sighs as he swaps the pipe over from his right to his left. Are dire rats, as you put it, that common around these parts? Relatively common, yes. Are ones with purple crystals that make them go mutated and nutty that common? I can't say I know that much about mutant things like that, it's odd. But I will say, I can't do much with fur that's been damaged so greatly. He seems to kick the bag open a little bit further with his foot. And he does see, though, that you have a few carcasses in there. As well as some of the small rats, which he scoffs at. Just take whatever you want. I can dispose of the rest, I suppose. I thought the mutated one might be interesting. Somewhat of a trophy that you could be like, oh, look, we found this mutated creature. As you see the creature's bodies that you've thrown onto the ground, some spilling out from within the bag, you do see the rodent that had all the crystal pieces jutting out, which you had broken off the majority of. It doesn't look very pretty, though. Not like it would make for a good trophy. If you're not interested, I can take it back to the Seeker base. They might be interested in the mutation. You can do whatever you want with it. I just... uh, It's a very common fur, and it's not in high demand right now. I couldn't sell that, especially in the next city we're going to. Do you think uh, any of the meat would be valued by butchers in the town, perhaps? It is a poor quality meat, but it is a meat nonetheless. Uh, where's the caravan heading next, by the by? Well, we're heading out from here tomorrow early in the morning. And from there, we'll be making several stops along the way in some of the small settlements and towns that popped up along the road. But we'll be heading over to Senai. I see. Well, uh, best of travels to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and thank you for your good business. He nods. Oh, you read any books lately? I'm... What? <laughs> After a moment, he seems to understand your meaning. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sort of chuckles to himself, shakes his head, but he seems to swap his pipe over to the right as he seems to chew on it. But he walks away slowly. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let him leave it at that. <laughs> oh, he stops for a moment before you walk away. Before you go, you could probably go over to Groven. They might be interested in your, uh, mutant thing. Where might we, uh, find him? He's in the lower part of the city, off the plateau. I think it's on the west side, near the wall. Your counsel is valued as always. Thank you. Yes. You could sell the small rodents, though, to our taxidermist. Perhaps somebody who likes odd things. But unfortunately, I cannot, uh... I cannot sell that fur in a uh, affluent location such as Senai. Uh, tough crowd up there, huh? You could say that. It is a very wealthy city. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm done here. Uh, as am I, as I would then make note to attempt to locate this Groban fellow, or potentially a local butcher or taxidermist for some of the other more plain rats that I have. Okay, Vinavir, you could probably roll a knowledge local since you've been spending a good bit of time in the town. All right. The curse has been lifted. 23 for knowledge local. Okay. Um, 
Finevere, you are easily able to navigate your way around um, the city at this point. And you can actually point out a few shops to Charles Smoot as you make your way through. Kelsey is trailing behind you, just sort of looking around herself. But Charles, you do happen to find what appears to be the local butcher shop who is open. Stopping by, I would greet him. Uh, good morning. Uh, I potentially have something that may interest you. We were out doing a seeker quest and we ran uh, across some prey, which we had to take care of. And I will pull out one of the non-mutated large dire rats. Okay. I don't know whether the meat is of any value to you or not. Uh, as you uh, are saying this, you actually see as the smaller man behind the counter is currently holding what appears to be a boar's head on the table and he just brings down a large cleaver chopping it off and then begins cutting it into bits. He doesn't seem to respond to you, but he does nod. Would this uh, be something you are interested in? I have a number of medium-sized ones and a few small ones as well. He slams the cleaver into the cutting board and he seems to walk over and pick up a slate of some sort which he then begins writing on. And he writes on it, and then he turns it towards you. I'll take them off your hands. Mute butcher, got it. Uh, can I try to figure out if the rats are, are worth anything? I don't really know what he means by take them off your hands. Or uh, unless, so you want to roll uh, a sense motive? Uh, you know what? That would be much more efficient. Uh, yes, I would love to roll a sense motive. Total of seven. It's very difficult to read this man's face, but it's even worse because he's just responding through a slate with chalk, uh, but it seems more of a neutral response, neither caring nor excited. Uh, in that case, can I roll a praise on the, uh, on the rats? Yes, you can roll an appraise. Uh, a total of 12. You believe that they are worth very little. You might be able to get maybe a silver piece per carcass and probably almost nothing for these tiny rodents. Uh, I'd like to take out my paper from my uh, waterproof scroll case and uh write down on a piece of it uh three silver piece uh abbreviated and i push it towards him he looks at it and smirks and seems to laugh a little bit silently uh, can i sense motive that sure he probably knows that you're offering him less than what it's worth uh 12 can i sense motive that sure no what, what's the Ten number total i wrote a four hmm. all right so um you're not really sure why he's laughing, whether or not it's because he's like, oh, I'm getting a really good deal, or it's because he thinks you both are fools or anything along that line. Or maybe he thinks the number is insane. Well, we'll see if he pays us. Again, he seems to laugh a little bit silently and shake his head. He'll look at you, wave his hand as if to say no, and he'll go uh, behind the counter and he'll bring out and place before you five silver pieces. Uh, I will, I will react to gent now, like, uh, like very well to this, like, like I just like won something <laughs> like, oh, thank you very much. Um, I'll like, you know, try to be extra gestures since you I know he's mute, not deaf, right? Uh, yeah. cause I spoke to him oh, yeah, and he responded. Yeah, right. oh, it's yeah, just, right. he hasn't been able to speak to us. Oh, uh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm extra flamboyant today. <laughs> He also thinks that Benavir has this, has an impediment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he might. Who it's knows? possible. Uh, perhaps he does. Uh, we'll, we'll graciously accept his five silver. Um, I'll give it all the smooth. Would you like the bag as well, or 
He shakes his head and waves his hand no. All right, great, thank you. I can still use this. Uh, so I would leave the mutated rat in the bag and leave with him the rest of the rats. Uh, Smoot would look around quizzically. Uh, is there somewhere you want me to put this? He gestures to the side of the counter, just beyond where it ends, almost as if it's like a employees-only area. All right, sounds good. And Smoot will begin just loading up all of the rats from this bag onto this counter. He shakes his head very quickly. No. No? Okay. And gestures to the floor over to uh, the side. Oh, okay. So before I place the first one down, I see his exaggerated expression, and I kind of just drop it off right next to the counter on the floor. He gives you a thumbs up. I give him a thumbs up and then a, a salute as I'm walking off, carrying my mutated rat and bag. Yeah, Mistress Moot, I think that would have been very unclean. What do you mean you just wash the counter afterwards? I don't understand. It's a butcher shop. You should be washing it all the time. If they don't have antibiotics, do you really think they have really good cleaning methods? We should sell soap. We'd make a killing. I, uh, in, in jest, I'll take out a clean rag and wave it around as to imply we have our own stuff tied to woe. Yeah, yeah, but other people don't have ways of cleaning their things. Oh. So what if people want their stuff cleaned? Find someone who can clean it. As you guys are having this conversation, you hear a familiar voice call out to you. It is my friends! David! Oh my goodness, he comes running over. I have not seen you in so long. How are you all doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Um, Speak for yourself. I have a hole in my side. Uh, I thought you said it was nothing. I played that up so we could get paid. That is a that is a big hole you have there. It's a surprisingly scarring over already, kind it, of. It was terrible. He almost nearly died. No thanks to you. A rabble, rabble, rabble. Actually, Smoot, as you're saying... It's already starting to scar over. You feel on the wounded area, and you actually feel that it's pretty solid. There's almost no hole there anymore. What is it that we're doing? Are we, are we leaving? Are we going somewhere? Where are you going, actually? Oh, we're trading in this mutated dire rat, and I oh. hold up its head. Is that thing from New York? Oh, well, there was a whole sewer full of them, David. You should have been there. You would have felt right at home. Uh, I'd like to... Uh, are we outside already? You've been outside. It's like a stand okay. outdoors, I had imagine. It's like a partial, like, it's open top. Not open top, but it's a cover um, front stall. Thrifty. Oh, so what have you been up to all this time? Upscale. Upscale. Indeed. Uh, and he did. pats uh, his pouch on the side, which you hear a very loud jingling sound from it. Uh-huh. And a bit of gambling. Not going to lie. Hmm. Careful with that. It can be quite the vice. Kelsey sort of nods. But I thought you said greed is good. Ah, greed is good. Uh, but one must also be careful of vices. Kelsey looks very confused and then looks over at Smoot and also then at David. I, I, I just ignore him at this point. I think he's just a very confused young lad. No, oh. no, he's not the one that is confused. That is me. I am confused. So, again, what are we doing? Uh, trying to solve this mutated dire rat. You might be good at this. Oh, uh, I don't think I can sell that. How about you go and sell that? I'll... All right, I'll show you how it's done, David, New York style. No, I cannot uh. be associated with you. I have already established myself very well here. I have actually picked up a few uh, trade secrets in the area. Oh, uh, oh, speaking of the area and how well you're doing, um, we overheard that the caravan is actually leaving and headed to Senai. Uh, they'll be leaving tomorrow morning. All right. From from what I heard, the Merchant's Guild is in Senai. Uh, David, are you hungry? Perhaps we could continue this over breakfast. I could eat. He shrugs. 
kind of want to get rid of this midget. I read first, but fine. We can take a break, even though the day just started. All right, well, you can catch up with us. All right, sounds uh, good. I heard there's uh, a, a place to eat around this way. Oh, uh, you, you said I know about shops. Would I know of a place to eat that's close to here? Sure. You know of a place that's close to eat. It's called that place that's close to eat. A place that's close to eat. Wow, what a store name. Love that. Yeah. That's going to be the next tavern you run into. Uh-huh. <laughs> a place that's close to eat. No, this place is actually called that place that's close to eat. It's like the IHOP of the world. Oh my gosh, it's a chain store? <laughs> <laughs> sure, there's going to be one in every city now. Now I have to write it down. <laughs> well, we sure are. That place sounds great. Everyone shortens it to that place. Oh, I was going to call it TPTCTE because IHOP's the International House of Pancakes, but it's just the, an acronym. But this one, they, wait, so it's TP? <laughs> That's what you're going to be doing. It's, notorious, it's notorious for making you have to go to the bathroom. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to the bathroom? You need TP. All right. Wait, so you're going to trust him to do selling things by himself? Are you sure about this, Philivia? I thought you were the guy that was like, I can sell anything. And he sort of pops his collar, but he doesn't have his collar anymore. He's actually switched out into like a more blended garb. So he doesn't actually look that much different than any of the people who live here. Hmm. But he still has his cap and also his regular pants underneath this long tunic. So I guess this is closer to his final form as he he did swap out one piece last time we saw him at least. It It was the tunic, but he's changed to another one with more patterns on it. It looks much nicer. Like, he spent some money to get it done. Ah, uh, it's just the, the mutant rat. We already sold the bulk of it. I'll, I'll make sure we, we order some food ahead of time for you. He sold the bulk of it? I thought we still had those, uh, the things that came off uh, of sh- it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it, Kelsey. He trusts me, apparently. It's That's... flattering. So should I go with him or? No, no. You think I need a chaperone? I should be your chaperone. Oh, no, uh, no, well, no. if you're offering, uh, well, what would you like to eat my treat? <laughs> Me or Daveed? Yes, if you go with him, uh, I'll go with Daveed. We'll get food and then we'll meet up. By the time we get back, it'll probably be cold. Hmm. You could just come with us and then we all go to eat if you're just going to get food. Uh, I suppose. Sort all right, smooth. Let's I'm get these things hungry. sold. Okay, that's fine. I don't have to go off on my own for once. Maybe get something done, actually. Never split the party. Uh, you have a point. Going to Grobbins. All right. So, Vinavir, we'll have your roll perception. All right. Perception it is. 16 for Charles Smooth's perception. Uh, 20 for Finnevere. As you guys are walking down through some of the streets, you find yourself coming down a slight slope into a very dingy-looking area, much worse compared to the rest of the buildings that you've been near. But after a bit of walking, you go by a stable, you walk by a small inn called the Sleeping Lambs Inn, and you seem to stumble upon a very strange building which stands out among the rest. It's pretty much where the huntsman had described it to the left side on the west against the wall. You see a building that has a very odd facade to it. It has tall marble-like pillars on the outside which are obviously fake and that stand at the entrance. The wall itself is covered in plaster reliefs of poorly formed naked women Cheap paint peels from the face of one of these unholy creatures, which honestly could be barely identifiable as women, save for the, um, delicate parts. And there is a sign overhead in very tacky written font 
Robin's Antiquities. Wow, I've seen nicer pawn shops on 5th Street. Why does it make me think of a Ripley's? Now, believe it or not, let's go in. Oh. You know, guys, I'm going to stay out here. Um, I cannot be seen in a place like oh, this. Oh, you're too bougie for us now. I see how it is. Uh, you want the honest answer? Yes. I'll stay here. You can go inside. I, I'll stand guard or something. Uh, the only thing you're guarding is your reputation. And my wallet. Uh, I'll give him, like, like a small portion of a ration, like a piece of dried meat, try to tide him over. Oh, he, he scoffs at that. Oh, he scoffs at that. Wow. He's too bougie for us now, Finevere. Oh, oh, well, suit yourself. I'll take a bite and put it back. All right. So you guys enter into this shop. And as you do, you note that the interior of this building was not saved from the owner's artful and eclectic taste. You see that there is one center large room and then four rooms that sort of branch off from the east and west side and one to the north, which seems to be behind a tall counter. But you don't really see anybody there at this moment. Throughout the room in this front area, there seems to be a variety of objects scattered about, just crammed in different spots, fitting on shelves wherever there was any space, as well as onto the floor. You see statues and old-looking furniture all around, as well as a lot of really antique-looking things. It smells like old people. Uh, hello? Is there, is there a bell anywhere around here? I don't know. I don't want to touch anything. I uh, know, neither do I. Um, careful what you look at, too. <laughs> be scarred for life after leaving here. I'd rather be in a Ripley's. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can make a reception check um, as you walk in further. 26 total for Charles Smoot. Uh, 13 for Finn. God, I see everything. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the one time you don't want to crit. Uh, I'd rather be blind. Um, As you guys are walking in, you make note of a few things that sort of stand out to you. Finnevere, uh, you see very obviously in front of you is a small stone statue of an elk that seems to be just sitting on its rump. And it's looking very cutely at the sky. It has a little butterfly sitting on its nose, but it does appear that some of the, um, not necessarily paint, but the the polish of the stone is worn away. But it would make a really nice uh, decoration around the house. You had a house. Maybe a John's. Who knows? You see that there appears to be an old-fashioned racket and ball set off to the side, as well as a very ornate tapestry hanging from behind. <laughs> is it that tapestry? No, 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 it's not. Wait, hold on, I thought hold it was on. the one that Zora had taken down. She it, wanted to get rid of it. It's 100% the tapestry that Zora yes! had taken down. <laughs> they like threw it in the dump. Someone went dumpster diving and it ended up here. <laughs> yeah, you, you see this ornate tapestry uh, that looks really fine. It actually looks like high quality stuff just sort of hanging behind <laughs> the uh, main desk, like high up enough that you can still see behind this huge arch that leads into the room behind it where you see like these tall shelves that kind of line all the way to the back, almost like in a um, warehouse, like a museum. Finnevere loves to browse. Uh, and unless things start to sound like they're going south, they'll probably continue to browse while Smoot finds someone to talk to. Would it be, because I, I don't know the culture of this world stores, uh, inappropriate to pick up something you intend to buy without buying it first? He wants the elk. Oh, it was the racquetball set? I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, you're not sure exactly. You haven't spent much time outside of Taba. 
uh, in a lot of like you've been in shops, but they've been a lot of market stalls. But you haven't really been in any shop shops like in the big cities. So like at a market stall, yeah, you were able to pick up like fruits and stuff and be like, hmm, how soft is this fruit? Does this smell ripe? Uh, then uh, we're also in the bad side of town. I don't think anyone's gonna judge you. Stop being David. Stop being so bougie. <laughs> Hmm, you have a point. <laughs> uh, well, when in space Rome, <laughs> well, what the space Romans do? <laughs> let me point out, Charles Smoot, as you walk in, um, you notice that there happens to be this very heavy-looking steel shield that is leaning up against the counter. But you also see, just above it, sitting on the desk, there is a garden gnome with a green hat, blue suspenders, and he is scowling. And it does look like it's a statue, just an FYI, Quentin. Uh, I was going to laugh if that was Grobbin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks just like you, Smoot. Actually, <laughs> Charles Smoot, uh, as you get a little bit closer to it, you can actually make out that it does have like those old facial features that you have. It kind of reminds I'm kidding. Fenivir, <laughs> what was it you were wanting to pick up? Uh, well, he's browsing, but he's also trying to look for gifts for the uh, the party members to uh, commemorate their uh, their first real uh, victory on a on the a quest that they took themselves. Uh, he'll probably walk away with this elk. Okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll so, Finnevere, you start perusing, hmm? and as you begin walking down your second aisle, you hear a voice from behind you, and Charles Smoot, you also hear this voice off to the side. Welcome to Grobbin's Antiquities, home to the finest antiquities you could ever find here in Lambs' Bow. What you looking for? And you see, there is this short, stout man. He appears to be about three feet tall, and he's wearing a very... Wait, no, I just did the wrong thing. He's wearing a very tall 10-gallon hat. <laughs> Doug Dimidome over the Doug's Tail Dimidome. Grobbin Grimidome. Grobbin Grimidome. Um, he's wearing a very tall 10-gallon hat, a vest, and a silver bolo tie. It's just Doug Dimidome. I didn't think about this as I was writing it, but as I said it, I realized what happened. Uh, I was recommended to come here and that you might have interest in something I possess. Well, now, why don't I take a look-see here now, you see? So he starts making his way towards the front. And you, young feller, when you're ready, you come on up to the front. We'll take care of you. Will do. Uh, ready your stomach. Hopefully you haven't eaten breakfast yet. It's a little, uh, grotesque. Uh, there ain't nothing that can hurt this old stomach. I've eaten things you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Decapitated, mutated dire rat. Eh, don't bother me that much. All right, well, got a whole one right here for you. I guess so. Uh, all right. Well, I can't do much with the bottom, but I could, uh, certainly take the head, take it to taxidermist, get it, uh, fixed up, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm. How much, uh, would you be willing to... Pay for the head. He uh, scratches his chin a little bit. I've never seen one like this. Very strange. Very rare. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, we... all right. What was it? Finnevere will uh, nose in. Uh, or perhaps we can trade for some of your fine antiquities. Ah, so you're looking for a trade, are you? All right, what are you looking to trade in? Hopefully not just this rat's head. All my valuables here are worth quite a good pretty penny. Hmm. Uh, maybe we'll peruse around. Maybe we'll just take coin. I'll look around at some of the wares that Grobbin's Antiquities has to offer. You see that a lot of the um, goods are marked from a silver piece all the way up to maybe about 200 silver. It seems like it's the poorer side of town. All right. Uh, let's see what all these 
it's there though. But yeah, well, you're trying to have her come up with an entire store inventory on the spot. You Is gotta, that what you're you trying gotta, to get me you, to do? Yeah. I already you, no. But you got you gotta give a like. Um, yeah, like uh, okay. I, uh, how much? How much was the the heavy steel shield marked at? The steel shield is marked at 20 silver pieces, and even the gnome on the desk has a mark next to it. How much? It's 200 silver pieces, Woo! but it has a line through it, and it's now marked down to 120. Uh, is there anything uh, like a clothing, or is it usually just like a furniture-type items? It looks like a lot of furniture and a lot of like old stuff, mostly decor for the house. Um, there is some things like entertainment, uh, based like games that are missing pieces. Ooh. Like maybe a dartboard or something similar? Maybe a D100 roll for it. Okay, I'll take that. No, he does not have a dartboard set. He has uh. a single dart. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lethal weapon. Oh, Finnevere, you do find some silk thread, though. Ooh, I love me some silk thread. Ooh, are there like maybe fabric rolls here? We just go to Grobbins. We ask for whatever we want. She rolls a percentile die. I mean, that's fair. I mean, like I ask for something that could exist there. Yeah, and it, 100%. Then the algorithm that is the game tells me if it is. There do seem to be some fabric rolls here. Although most of those spools, I guess they're considered spools, are partially used or mostly gone. Oh, well, I'll take a flat piece of wooder. Or something as a spool at this point. All right. Uh, so uh, uh, perhaps something that could be cut for rags and perhaps something a little sturdier. I'm not looking for something too showy. Okay. Uh, sure. You find something that doesn't appear to be too showy. No, wait. I'm sorry. No. You find something that's a little showy. It's uh, some blue glittery fabric. There's only like a foot of it left. But like lengthwise, it's about three feet. And widthwise, it's about a foot. Uh, it looks like it was made for a dress or a veil. I see. There's more fabric than that at the spool at the dollar store, but I will pick it up. Okay. It looks like it's about two copper. Jaden, this is the dollar store. I'm glad you guys are having fun. Oh, uh, dramatically so. I'd... This is the dollar store if the dollar store allowed trade-ins. Is there anything else that you might be looking for in an antique store? Something that maybe hang on our doors. Or a welcome. Want, like, you, like if there was a... if there was, I keep thinking that if that gnome was like in portrait form... I would definitely buy it and tack it to a smooth store. <laughs> you can just draw a picture of the gnome. You're right. Oh, I just, I'll, I'll stare at the gnome and I'll try to capture it mentally. Anna, he seems to catch you. If you want a gnome, you have to buy it, you see. It's a very valuable piece after all. Oh, well, <laughs> what makes it valuable? All right, so let me tell you a bit about these, uh, this here garden gnome. It's a very ancient antique, I'll tell you that much. Said to have been passed down from kings and queens of old. Comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes if you find the right ones, but very popular among collectors. I've heard that some collectors will uh, buy the most valuable ones for over 2,000 gold pieces. So if it's so valuable, why is it marked for 150 silver? It's, a, it's an antique, you see? Well, it's part of the collection. Uh, <clears throat> this one's said to bring very good luck to those who... Uh, Keep it patting on his head. I can totally see Finnevere loving that idea and just having a garden home at home that he pats before he leaves every morning. Some people would say it wards off evil. Uh. Get them spooky magookas all over you? Nah, just pat your garden home on the head. You'll be safe from all them evils. Hmm, better be careful. This sounds more like a relic. Ain't no relic behind it. It's an antique. That's why it's marked down. Can I use Knowledge Arcana to figure out if it's a relic? Yes, you could. 
Okay, I will attempt to do this. I study this uh, gnome. It's about the best I'm going to get. 24. It does not appear to be a relic, but it does seem to have some kind of magical property to it. Hmm. Some kind of magical property. That's how I ended up with Isabel. This sounds like a great deal. <laughs> I would like to uh, take out uh, my fabric-wrapped rock. Okay. Uh, and start uh, telling him the tale of how we found this field where it came from the sky. So you're taking out the black rock? The, the pitted black, rock? The black hollow rock, yes. Okay, I needed to clarify. Yes, uh, the one that we just got that presumably crashed down from the sky in that field with the wheat. All right, so uh, you start regaling him with the tail. Would you yep. like to use that as diplomacy to improve his attitude towards you, or...? Um, I mean, I guess I could try to take this opportunity. Uh, I will attempt that. And as these can destroy a relationship if you roll way too low, I'm going to use my inspired roll today. Uh, that's a 26. He seems to be nodding along with your story. All right, so you want to trade with that? Uh, well, you see, I'm interested in a few things here. Um, All right, well, I see here you want to trade with that, but it ain't worth that much. It's a rock, so uh, I don't know what you're planning here. Didn't like my space story. Or at least it didn't eval- uh, up the value of your rock. I got plenty of space rocks in the back. If you want to take a look at them, you see. Hmm. is <laughs> the type of person to get duped at these stories. <laughs> He's trying to trade his kingdom for a gnome. <laughs> Literally, 150 silver is almost his entire ro- reward for killing these rats. Uh, Charles Smith, as you're walking around, you do see that the stone elk is... How much is it? 45 silver pieces. I'll... I'll readdress Grobham and ask him how much he would pay for the head of the mutated diorette. Uh, with that head, you say, I'll give you... Uh, hold on a minute. Let me think about calculations here. We've fought hundreds of diorettes, and we've never seen one so mutated like this. It had purple crystals protruding out of it. It almost bit off my arm. It's quite the story. Uh, it is quite the story. Why don't you roll a bluff check? What do you mean? It almost bit, it did, it bit my arm, did six damage. Hundreds of dire rats. Yeah, that was hundreds of rats. Yes, but the specific very wording close. is very important. Oh, it's like a nine. Yeah, fascinating story you tell me there. Uh, it doesn't matter if you bit your arm off, it just matters you brought me its head. <laughs> so, uh, let's see what I'll give you for that head. I'll give you, I'll give you 20 silver pieces for it since it seems to be so rare. I haven't had one with holes in its head. Besides its eye holes. Maybe I could stick some ant. Lurs in it, and he seems to pause as he says that. And make it a jack rat Yeah, we'll call it a jack rat That's a perfect idea. Wait, so what were we talking about? I'm sorry. I lost a... I wasn't paying much attention there. Other than this uh, potential jack rat do you have any other oddities at the store? Most stuff ain't that odd. What do you mean by that? Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. I mean that more as a intriguing way. Things that people are interested in seeing. What do people oh. normally look at when they come through here? All right, so I see you want to make a statement when you uh, <laughs> you have guests over. How about this uh, this here in nor- ornate tapestry I got behind me? It's very fine, of the finest quality and texture. And you can see that the tapestry, the one that was in the guild hall, you didn't get as good of a look at it because it was hanging up and nobody really paid much attention to it. It was just an ugly tapestry, I guess. Just burn that tapestry right there. Uh, it has a depiction of the lady who is on top of the keep, the statue of the woman holding a spear and lantern. And she seems to be walking amongst 
for other people. Yep, right there you see are the founders of the Seekers Guild. Now see here, you are a bunch of Seekers yourself, so it might be beneficial for you to have uh, this on your wall at home. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, home. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I, I was more so thinking any, like, uh, cool beast trophies or something of the sort. Any, um, like, I don't know, like, three-legged dire bears or, um... I can't say I've come across the three-legged dire bear. Oh, anything of the sort, of like a jack a jack rat you know, any... I got this racket and ball set here. Okay, I, I, I see what we, what we see is what we get. Um, uh, Vinivir will pick up the small statue with the elk and walk over to... Oh, uh, what's your carrying capacity? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, what does that matter? What's How, your strength score? How heavy is this elk? My strength score is 10. It's... You can oh, look low, it up on your laptop. Medium. Like, that's like 75 pounds. Yeah, um, I, I, need, I need your max, then. Oh, wait, did, is small, like, not, like, you pick it up with one hand? Is small, well, I mean, it could be magic and weighted, I, I don't know. Um, small is dog-sized. Small is dog-sized? Like, like, these kind. Like a small creature. <laughs> Jaden, you live encumbered, don't you? His unencumbered load is 33 pounds. And if you are over 33 pounds of gear, you're encumbered. Your maximum carrying capacity is 100 pounds. Okay, I like this. Zinevier Veer, you walk over to the small elk statue while Charles Smoot is having this conversation with Grobin. You attempt to pick it up, but you can't even budget. You, you, you feel as it is a solid stone statue of a small creature-sized elk. Oh, uh, that, that'll just get his attention. Uh, uh, Smoot, what about this? It's, uh, oh gosh, what was his name? You mean Cerulean? Yeah, look, it's, uh, Cerulean. No, Cerulean's back at the stables. Are you trying to tell me that Cerulean got petrified? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm just simply saying that it's, uh, you know, if you're interested in elk, perhaps, uh, elk furniture piece to help motivate you in your room. That is very cute. Kelsey walks over and pats it on its head. People, I want you to stop and I want you to think, where are we putting these things? Oh, well, we have room. We, we have Cece's house. Dude, Smoot, like, hurriedly <laughs> walks over, leans down to Kelsey and whispers, you and I both know we cannot go back there. Wait, why can't we go back there? I'm very, I don't understand, she whispers back to you. What do you mean, why can't we go back there? Last time that we were there, the Red Guard were looking for us. I meant John Xavier's house. That's not Cece's house, that's John's house. It's the same no, thing. No, it is not. Also, did you not see that man was also a hoarder? It would just get buried under everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's no decor there. There's just garbage. I Every don't... Kelsey turns to Finnevir. What do you think? Should we just... Uh, maybe we'll think about it and come back. Uh, for this item, at least. Okay, so we're not buying the elk, right? Yeah, I suppose... Who's carrying him? Me? I know you're not looking at me. I was not. I mean, I mean, I was making eye contact. That's with you. correct. Yeah, you were all going to assume that Smoot was gonna carry it around. Uh, uh are you all uh, figuring something out over there? Can I help you with anything? Uh, you hear as he uh, uh, seems to slam something on the counter. How about this heavy steel shield to protect you right good in battle? Uh, can I praise the shield? Sure. Uh. Just trying to learn more about it. Is it a, just a regular old steel shield? Uh, perhaps if you had the stats up, I could maybe know what they are if I roll decently enough. 
It's not terrible. Uh, 14 for Finnevere, appraise. It appears to be an older design of shield, but it does have some reinforcement to it. Uh, statistically speaking, it is a plus one heavy steel shield uh, of common rarity, but you value it to be no more than 20 silver pieces. So no. I'm going to give a plus two to total AC or three no. even? A heavy steel shield already gives you a plus two AC bonus. Armor check penalty is minus one. Arcane spell failure chance is 15. It weighs 15 pounds. But so are we just saying if this is a plus one steel shield that it's a masterwork steel shield? Mm-hmm. Okay. It looks old in design, though. Okay. It's kind of like your grandpa's steel shield. It ain't pretty. Well, I am a grandpa, so I think it'll fit right in with the it's, party. It's about functionality. Oh, yeah. We're a function the fashion crowd. Yeah, we are a function over form. Uh, well, if uh, unless anyone else, uh, I'd like to uh, make my uh, final purchase. All righty, see what you what you looking to buy, sir? How can I help you? Oh, uh, perhaps one more thing. Do you have any mirrors? I need a small one, at least, and I like gesture with my hands, at least this big, which would be about the size of most of a fist in terms of uh, diameter. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's got he's got a collection of small mirrors. There's a small hand mirror, some very decorative. They all look very antiquated, though. Okay. Um, uh, I'd like to say maybe if I could find two smaller mirrors, um, get those priced out as well, and I'll check out with that and the gnome if he lets me. Uh, the two small mirrors that you find uh, have very have wooden frames around them, and they're only about five copper each. All right. Cheaper the better. Or would you be willing to make a trade? Hold on one second, sir. I'm going to finish up with him. And you said here that you uh, wanted this uh, this gnome. Oh, yes. You said it was a collectible and quite lucky indeed. Yep. This is the green hat gnome. I mean, that's what I call it. I don't know what they're calling these ones these days, but that's what I call it. Just had a small terrifying thought. What's the size of this gnome? It's probably four inches tall. Including the pointy hat? Oh, that's great. Isabel has a friend. Oh, without the pointy hat. How, how tall is the pointy hat? Six inches? Yeah. It's a two-inch tall hat? Oh, no, dang. no, 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 make it seven. The, the hat's huge. Three-inch tall hat. That's almost the entire gnome's worth. But the body of the gnome is about three inches wide, and it is a statue. It's not like a um, movable doll. Does it have an official name? According to this man, the green hat gnome. The strange garden gnome. A. An estranged garden gnome? No, just strange garden gnome. But I... I... Listen, this is the first one I came up with. There will be a collection. Oh, well, then I, I must have them all. Pokemon, uh, uh, as is customary in this part, perhaps a bit to haggle. Or be haggling. But uh, I'll just pay the man out. Uh, is it out of character? No, it'd be out of character not to haggle. I'll try to haggle the prices down a bit. Okay. All right. So that's 200 silver pieces for the uh, strange gnome we got here, green hat. And then uh, for the meters that you got, it's going to be five copper. Per, per, I'm sorry, 10 copper per. So 200 silver and 10 copper. Uh, can I try to barter for uh, having him throw in the mirrors? You can roll diplomacy. Okay. 23. He seems to straighten up his bolo tie a little bit, chews on his gums a little, and then he says, all right, sounds like a deal. Slams his hand down the counter as he says that, and then finally says, sold for 200 silver. Uh, mm, uh sir, the price, uh, Says one twenty. He looks down at the price tag. Huh, I marked it down, did I? That's not normal. All right, fine. Hold on. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, since the price of the garden home's already marked down, I don't know if I can uh, part with that and those mirrors. You know, this is a generous price. Uh, I'll, I'll concede the point and pay him the full amount. 
All right, he's happy with that, and he'll take your coin. Thank you kindly. And now for you, good sir, as you were asking me. How much did you say that the steel shield was again? 20 silver. Would you say that it would then be a fair equivalent exchange to trade you this here rat head for that there steel shield? I do reckon we could make a trade. All right. Well, then I suppose we can move forward with that then. And I put the rat head down on the table for him. Okay. Uh, he goes under his desk and then comes back up with a piece of parchment and a quill. Alrighty, I'm just going to need you to saddle here on this farm. This is just indicating here that we are making a fair trade of equivalent value and that you are acquiescing to the fact that this is a fair trade and that you cannot take it back. Perfectly fine by me. Though if you are interested and while we have paper and pen out, uh, there is a business proposition that comes along with the rat head. What business proposition? Whoa, what? What do you want about? Well, I just see you're perfectly wonderful and, uh, very uh, exuberant establishment here, and I just see such great potential with it. I, you know, just aside from this trade, I'm saying afterwards, if you would like to have a discussion, I do have a proposition for you. I want you to roll diplomacy as well. Oh, actually, not bad. Uh, 19 for Charles Smoot. Mm, he seems to be thinking about it. And what exactly would you be wanting in exchange for a business proposition? To pitch you with the idea? Nothing at all. All right, sounds like a deal. All I would say is that before I share the idea, I would like to sign some paperwork acknowledging that it was my idea and that if you were to use it, that we would be in business together. I don't like that idea. Uh, perhaps my uh, more... There is no reasonable trade that you have offered for me to discuss about something that's a bid. I need to know what you're offering. Besides partnership, I don't even know how good of a partner you would be. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is that, and maybe my esteemed colleague here, Finnevere, could explain it better. Finnevere, uh, yeah, the, the, this gentleman, I, I, I just, I have an idea I wanted to share with him about something he could do about his business, but if it were to increase profits, I'm just saying that we would be in business together because it was I my see. idea. Um, allow me to translate for my, uh... I'm senile. <laughs> uh, but my idea is key, nonetheless. My, my, what my elder compatriot is trying to say is that this idea... Is, uh, could be so revolutionary, it could increase your profits some fold. And of course, there would be no asking price up front, only a portion of what you have to gain from this idea. Basically, it's a pro bono. It means that- I know what it means. All, the, all that he's asking is for a share of the increase that this idea brings to you. All right, so my question then is, what percentage of an increase are you looking for before I be go signing paperwork about if you share an idea with me? Because that can be dangerous stuff over here. Of course, as you would be uh, exerting the risk, you would take uh, the majority cut. All right. Well, there's technically under certain regulations I got to go through uh, because of my association with the Merchants Guild, just being a reputable establishment and all that. Yep. Yeah. Using the terminology being in business with a partner requires that partner also be involved in the Merchant's Guild. I see. Uh, well, unfortunately, we're not in the Merchant's Guild. I see. So unless there's a way to, uh, uh skirt past this unfortunate, uh, roadblock, it looks like we may have to bench this potentially profitable uh, idea for qu the moment. Qu question. You can't go into business and uh, have a joint share of a business with someone who is not in the Merchants Guild. But if we were to be considered employees of your establishment, would we still need to be part of the Merchants Guild? Meaning, 
if you wanted our idea and you were going to pay us uh, for our idea, you would just pay us as employees and not join partners. I told you, he's great with ideas. Look at this one. He looks back and forth. Are you part of the Seekers Guild? You have time to be employed? Uh, we wouldn't work. Our work would be the idea that we provide for you. The payment that we would receive would only be whatever profit that this idea generates for you. Hired on as your personal Imagineers. All right. So let me get this. You want me to hire you basically as employees to receive pro bono a value or sum from whatever idea the profits yield. We, yes, we will be hired on as employees, but only be paid a percentage of the profits generated by our idea. He pauses for a moment. I don't know how that would work, seeing as as an employee, that means you have to give certain hours and you have to work here. Wasn't well, that determined by the business owner themselves? Actually, that's determined by the Merchants Guild. What are the regulations as per outlined by the Merchants Guild? Uh, is there any way where we could locate this information and we could come back with a more refined proposal at a later date? Ah, oh, goodness gracious, Harry. If you are interested in the Merchants Guild, I recommend visiting one of the larger cities that are established by the guild. Uh, not this guild here, but the other guild. There's too many of them nowadays. Uh, you can visit any of them. Uh, there's one in... Sanai. Yeah, there's one in Sanai. There's one in uh, Taisha. Uh, there's one in Korath. New Eden. Uh, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. To be honest, I've only been to Sanai. Uh, how is it up there? I hear it's a bit uh, upper crust. He smiles. Indeed it is. Them people, they are they are something else. Quite wealthy. How's the uh, average demeanor? I don't understand what you mean by that question. Well, there are places that you don't feel welcome, places that you do. I can't really say, as I was mostly there on personal business and for merchanting business, and most of the guild, merchants guild members, are tight with money. Ah, uh, well, that's fair. No need, uh... I didn't mean to trouble you. All right. I mean, if you're interested in going over to Senna, I do have a request up there at the guild. Oh, were, were you the escort quest for uh, needing guards for Senai? Escort? I don't got no escorts. No, I'm saying we would be the escort. Oh, yes. I need... Wait. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I mean, we would be the bodyguards, effectively, or the... Uh, a transport for you. He, he's still stuck on the fact that you called yourself an escort. Oh, I'll be your escort if the price is right. Uh, oh. <laughs> I wish I was playing a dumb character. Kelsey's just in the background shaking her head. Oh my, I can't. <sighs> uh, all right, Smootob. I don't know if there's much I can do for you. That's uh, all right. Ripley's, uh, believe it or not, I'll live on another day. First off, I would like for you to sign Yeah, 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 not a problem. I Thank would you. grab the nearby pen and sign. Uh, but yeah, I did have a uh, request up there at the guild. If you were interested in uh, picking it up, you could. It's been a little while. I've got some deliveries that need to be made up there. Now, it mentioned that we would have to provide our own transportation. Indeed you would. Uh, I mean, is walking on foot acceptable, or would we have to uh, provide our own, like, carriage? You're going to want to have some kind of carriage with you, because if you don't, you might be uh, quite encumbered. It'll take you a good long while to get there. i got about a month and a half left before this delivery needs to be done. Well, you certainly are a wealth of information. Thank you so much, Mr. Grobin. Uh, Charles Smith, you signed on the paperwork, and you did receive a heavy steel shield. Plus one. Great, something to bash things with. Okay, Um. so you guys have all of your things... 
Finnevere, you now have on you this strange garden gnome. Uh, its I'm- paint is a little bit of like chipping in the corner, but it's kind of like they got this grumpy look that reminds you of Charles Smoot. I'm going to call you Smoot Jr. <laughs> Do I hear this? 100%. He's not hiding it. No, what? You will don't know such thing. Uh, fine. Then you have by the end of the day to convince me with a better name or he will be d- dubbed as Smoot Jr. <laughs> no help from CC. <laughs> I mean, I think Smoot Jr. is a very good name, especially with that face. She reaches out a hand as if to ask mm-hmm. to hold it. Oh, yes, of course. So she takes it from you and she seems to hold it up as in comparison to Charles Smoot. Oh, yeah, no, I see it. You know what? I, I don't need to take this from you, people. I'm, I'm going to go find David. David is outside as you are all mm-hmm. going out there together. <laughs> He's standing out there. He's just kind of like jamming to something. There's no music. It's just he seems to have a song playing in his head. Do, 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 do. All right, David, well, we're done our business at uh, this location that's too sketchy for you, I suppose. Oh, God, you came out quite alive. I was very worried about you guys. What do you mean? He's a very nice gentleman. In fact, we might be escorting him. David pauses. To Senai, bodyguarding him as he travels. Get your head out of the gutter, David. Oh, that that is what you mean. Okay, that, that makes more sense. But I would say, um, why would you be going to Senai? Ah, uh, it was just a passing thought. I heard that was a... Uh, a good distance away, but I did hear that the uh, Merchant's Guild was up there. I did, too. Uh, I'd very much like to learn more about them. Uh, that might be why we're going to Senai. I know you and Finnevere both had interest in it. Personally, I'm more interested in finding out about this far traveler who we heard about long ago. Well, we're still gaining our um, experience in the field. Uh, you also had interest in uh, uh, delving that ruins that we found you near. Indeed. So, I mean... There are a number of options, but I guess first and foremost, we should probably turn in our quest. Oh, oh yeah. yes, of course. I forgot about that, honestly. How did you forget? It's payday, people. I, it's, there have been bodies and rats, mostly just the rat bodies. Yeah. Ah, uh, and then we got to walk up all those steps. Well, uh, uh, David, is there somewhere we can find you at reliably? Reliably? Probably. I've been actually staying up on the upper tier. God Liara's Restful Inn, I think she's supposed to be like one of the founders that is from this location. Uh, I think I remember hearing about that place as well, um, or at least about the uh, the founder. Oh, you mean the, the chick with the, the, the spear and the lantern? Yes, that, that, that woman. All right, well, now I, now I have a name to the face. Well, David, um, I, unless there's anything else we want to talk to him about, uh, the... Uh, We'll probably catch up with you later. We got to turn in this quest because we got a prize pot of 700 silver to get. When you guys are done, we can meet up. We can go to uh, that place that's nearby. You know that, that place? Yeah, that place. That place. That's close yeah. to eat. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a little far from here, but... Or from there when we're done. Yeah, technically it's near the main entrance on the first plateau, yeah, that's, that's but... a far away. That's, that's that place that's far to eat now. Well, it's the, it's that popular place, I guess, right now. But it's just that place that we It is to. that place. Yeah. This conversation, I'm, I'm already lost. Oh, come on, Kelsey. Keep up. <sighs> Is it feasible to still make it there for breakfast? What? Breakfast? Or why are you worried about breakfast? I want to turn this quest and get my money. Um. No, breakfast by the time you go up and turn in your quest will probably be over as the sun is starting to rise higher in the sky. You estimate it's a little bit later in the morning. And if you don't hurry up, uh, you would miss it. We may have to take a rain check on that. 
rain check on breakfast at least. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm sure we'll have time. All right, that sounds good to me. All right. Uh, in that case, we'll catch you later. It's huh? very good to see you, David. All right, it was nice to see all of you. I'm going to go and uh, finish with the upscaling. Uh, best of business. I'm doing great. He smiles and walks away. So, you all begin making your way back up to the keep of Lamb's Respite. And it is busy, as per the usual. Uh, the only thing I would really change about this place is the wait time at the information desk. Well, it's probably because there's only two girls there. Actually, wait. Nope, today it's one. Kelsey, you should just be at work at the information desk. Imagine how much smoother this place would run. I don't know if that's a compliment or you're just trying to get rid of me, Mr. Smoots. Oh, it's a compliment. You're very efficient. You're easy on the eyes. You'd fit right in with the other two ladies. It is a very important part of working at a front desk that you have to be at least mildly attractive. She blushes slightly, not sure how exactly to take that. It's... It's an odd statement that she hasn't heard very often. At least definitely not from anyone in this party. Well, if that's the case, Smoot, I I don't know if you cut it in the biz. No, I'm not easy on the eyes. I'm not good with people, as we've already established. And I am certainly rugged, but not attractive. Maybe we could start, like, uh, a pinup girl thing with with bathing suits. Except not with you guys. Oh, I don't don't want to think about eating in a bathing suit. (laughs) Too much like there. Finn goes, like, real close to Smoot and goes, like, what's a pinup girl? Oh, 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 uh, so you you know what calendar, right? I'm aware of records of time. Okay, well, uh, back where me and Kelsey are from, uh, pretty much everyone would own a calendar and keep track of the days as they went by, and we would schedule events and such. But the very important part is that on pinup calendars, you would have pictures of scantily clad members of the opposite sex, and you would sell them as charity and fundraising. So, for example, you'd have, like, a firefighter's calendar where there would be men completely shirtless with rippling muscles hosed down with water hoses and all kinds of things. Kelsey enjoyed that way too much. And then for, like, guys, you'd have, like, scantily clad nurses on, on calendars. Yeah, I was just white unannounced to the whole world that you're, uh, <clears throat> less reputable. Yes, less reputable. Yep, that's exactly what that is. I'm on with the, uh, the taco idea. Not sure about the calendars. They would sell. Oh, they sell. Like tacos. Hmm. Uh, well, I, maybe maybe not here, Kelsey. You gotta think people don't use calendars as much. What if, and just hear me out, what if, Mr. Finivere, you're really good at sketching, right? Uh, I do like, it, I do like to draw. It, uh, it calms me down. <laughs> Kelsey, we're not making him draw hentai. <laughs> it's not hentai, Quentin. We're, we're not generating the first Playboy magazine. All right, it, that, that's closer. He, he gets out his, uh, is a sketchbook and pen. And he starts drawing, intentionally keeping it away from uh, uh, of Smoot until it's finished. It would you... be like uh, at Robin's Antiquities. It would be like the women on the outside, except they would have coverings over... Just the delicate bits. The delicate bits is the delicate way to put it, yes. Uh, anyway, let's go turn in this quest. Kelsey is getting very embarrassed during this conversation. You brought it up. You don't get to be embarrassed. The more I talk about it, the more I realize I'm just, I am ashamed. Smoot gets in line for the information desk. All right. And it takes about 10 minutes, but you do make it up to the desk. Hello, hello, as my sister would say, and welcome to the desk, the information desk. I'm sorry. How can I help you? We are here to turn in our quest token. Oh, congratulations. Thank you for turning it in. And let me see. Uh, yes. And you hand over the small 
quest token, which was originally a puzzle piece, mm -hmm. and you have completed it, held together sort of by some sort of magnet. Um, she takes it from you. You noticed as you were fiddling with it and putting it back together, it had a small uh, sort of symbol on the center of it that kind of looks like a skull and crossbone. Ah, uh, yes. And then she flips it over. All right, this is this number. All right, perfect. Let me just get you your reward then. So she takes it and she walks to the back of the room and returns with a relatively hefty sack of coins, which she places on the counter. All righty, here you go. We increase the value of the reward from 750 silver pieces. Of course, this was done mainly because we heard about the situation that occurred during the quest. Oh, you, you, you heard already? Wow, news travels fast in this place. Amazing. Well, uh, heard in a sense. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't mean to hold up the line. Is there a big line behind me? Of course. Uh, you can hold up the line if you want. You had to wait 10 minutes. Do it. We've waited our time. Uh, I'm going to try to make it quick. I respect the people. Who, uh, anyway, how much is it usually to, say, uh, hire... Uh, or can seekers even hire other seekers for, say, um, training purposes or such? Or Technically, you can hire other seekers to assist you. But I will say that the prices are set based on their values. It is not done through the guild. I see. Thank you so much uh, for your information. Anyone else? Or are we good? What exactly you mean you heard about the, the situation? I just want to clarify. Well, you of course carry your emblems, do you not? Sure. Yes, ma'am. She smiles and that she doesn't respond beyond that. All right. Well, Good right, enough so, for me. Well, take the money. I would take the, the, the sack off the table. It is a pretty hefty sack. And actually, they increased the amount of the sack by about 950 silver. So that it is a value of 1700 silver. Over doubled it. It's somewhat of what we call hazard pay. Oh, we will graciously take this. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, please have an excellent day. You as well. All right. Yes. Next. Okay. So I guess we get a table and uh, we split the bounty evenly. Uh, we got to find Cece. Oh, yeah, that's right. She went back to John's house. Oh, well, this is a really nice surprise. I'll say that much. I'm certainly not going to argue. What did she mean by hazard pay? I don't know. Maybe they weren't expecting mutant dire rats. I'm con still concerned about the hazard pay part. Ah, uh, well, you know, um, what if we get mutated and then go uh, crazy and have purple crystals shooting out of us now? Kelsey. We uh, were exposed. Kelsey just takes a long pause and slowly then sits down at the table. Ah, uh, okay. I think we'll be okay. I, I don't think, I don't, I hope not. I hope we don't have a problem with that. I suppose we should pick up our other member and uh, distribute this evenly. I think objections. She, no, I'm fine with that. I think she's down at John's house or John Xavier. How do we even call him? John. I guess. Mister Xavier, to you, I don't know. Ah, uh, we could always ask him his preference if it really mattered. So I guess uh, we'll make our way that way. Okay. Uh, so you guys begin making your way outside once again, carrying the heavy sack of coins. Um, did you divide it up a little bit already, or just decide not to? Not yet without CC. All right, Charles Smoot, more than likely you would be the one carrying the coins. Very correct. It's, uh, we're using Pathfinder standard for weight, which is... What, one pound per 50 coin? Yes. So a thousand coins divided by 50. Oh, sorry, 1,700. About 34 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are making your way down. And Charles Smoot is carrying the sack of coins, which heavily jingles every time he takes a step. So, Kelsey, I apologize I didn't get to mention this in the heat of the moment, but I am 
unexplainably excited at the the results of your uh, your uh, your venture your um your first use of magic my what you remember um we we're fighting the rats and you said you wanted to try something oh uh, yeah you swayed your hands and I glue with a yellow aura, not too unsimilar uh, from the one that I can do with uh, rocks, uh, the sturdy one's uh, resolve and uh, fortitude. She smiles a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It just, I felt like I could. Yes, and that's how it works for some people. There are those who have to study their entire lifetimes just to make an increase or to make something more or do something advanced with the energies of nature. And there are those where the energies of nature flow through you as in your own nature. Mm, um, like Avatar. I, Avatar. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, people. Like a... No. A representative symbol of something. Avatar, the last wind guy. The fantasy novel? Yes. Well, um, I... It was a very exciting day when I learned about my abilities and that it could come easy to me. There are risks involved. I was wondering if you would be interested in perhaps taking some uh, lessons or personalized training from someone more experienced. Uh, maybe not myself. I mean, of course, I can tell you everything I've learned, but maybe an instructor, uh, my treat even. She firmly shakes her head. No. No, I... She seems relatively hesitant for some reason, but she says, Ah, uh, no, I I don't think that would be a good idea. Oh, well, that's okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't mean to rush you into any decision or anything. Um, I was just very happy for you. She seems to put her hand to her forehead as if something is bothering her, but she doesn't say anything else. She just simply smiles at you and then nods and continues walking, actually taking steps to move away from you. Uh, can I try to interpret this body language? That would be considered a sense motive you may roll for. This this is where the dice can hurt you in ways that damage can't. Emotional pain. <laughs> the dice are hurting you today. Ah, my feelings. Uh, <clears throat> that's an eight. Finnevere, <laughs> you must have said something wrong. She seems very upset with you, and perhaps this could rupture your relationship. Uh, I blew it. All right, I'll just give her a space. <laughs> and you guys... I'm sorry, I should laugh at Pinavir's pain. <clears throat> and you guys do make it to John's place, which is apparently on one of the higher tiers or plateaus in this region. You can see, though, that it is slightly cleaner than when you guys first found it. I'll go straight to the door. It takes a moment, but... You hear as a latch on the door comes undone, and you see that it opens up, and it appears that John is inside. Good morning, John. Ah, good morning. What brings you here? Well, we had a rather successful venture, and uh, uh, we wish to uh, split the reward amongst all members. Speaking of, is, um... Ah, yes, she's right inside. Come on in. He opens up the door wider and gestures for you to enter inside. <clears throat> Oh, Cece, it's payday. Do you go inside? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, say, say that while stepping inside. It's just specified. Indeed. Okay. I'll smooth the fall in. Okay. Uh, so you guys enter into his home. There are some things that are shoved off to the side, which appears to be a sort of mudroom area with a place for hanging your coats. The floors are made of wood. The room uh, opens up directly to your right. 
and you enter inside, you see that there is a small wooden table uh, leading sort of into another room, which appears to be the kitchen. And to the left, there is a small fireplace, as well as a staircase nearby that. And Cece appears to be in the kitchen at this time. Oh, Cece, or should we say Brunhilda? Uh, Cece's just fine. You can call me that. That's where we're here, so it's... Uh... Well, the secret name does not need to be used. Officially, Brunhilde made a hefty sum. So you tell me. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you hear as John walks up behind you guys. You know, we could always just change it back, right? Yeah, but still. It's up to you. Anyway, have a seat. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, if there's a clear enough spot on the table, I will begin uh, divvying out evenly all the silver. Okay. It takes you some time, but you're able to count out all 1,700 pieces, which you attempt to divide evenly, I'm assuming, amongst all four party members. Uh, yes, I would. Cece appears very excited, as this is the first time that she has earned this coin on her own. Not really on her own, but this is the first time she's earned coin. And congratulations, guys. You have money. More money. Finances. All right. Let's see. Uh, uh... It looks like that comes to 425 silver each. Sweet, this is awesome. All right, so what's next? Uh, I think maybe we'll take a short break from the uh, more, you <clears throat> say, adventurous quests. And uh, uh, what, what is it that you said, Kelsey? Uh, she mentioned something about three days of not doing crazy stuff. I think I said something along the lines of, let's not and say we didn't, or really just... Just take a break, but I don't know. Mr. Smoot, you always seem to be in a rush, and I mean, I understand why. Uh, uh, at the same time, uh, uh, just peddling random stuff that I, uh, back in my old village, it would take me months to get anywhere close to this uh, kind of payout. Uh, Troll Smoot seems somewhat lost in thought. Uh, uh, how about we at least take the rest of the evening to decide what we do? Um, we rest, relax, get a good night's sleep in an actual bed again, uh, and then we can reconvene tomorrow morning and decide where we go. You know what? That sounds like a good idea. I actually saw some things in the market that I wanted to pick up. Oh, I saw some things too, so maybe... Oh, we could go shopping! That's fine by me. Ah, uh, so I guess that's what we'll do, and then maybe meet back up tomorrow, everyone? Uh, sounds like a plan. Where do we want to meet up at? Should we just meet at... The keep, then? Perfectly fine by me. Ah, that sounds reasonable enough. And I think we all know where each other's dorms are at this point. Well, I mean, we can just meet in the cafeteria. Ah, uh, that as well. So, say, um, 8 a.m., 8.30, 9. Those times are fine. I'm just not sure exactly how to tell time yet. Oh, um. I don't have, I guess, what do you guys use here? Uh, yeah. Oh, you just look at the sun. It's, you get taught it when you're growing up. John. Seems a little leery at the awkward questioning. At the mention of keeping time, Charles Smoot would look at his watch. It doesn't function, does it? It is a mechanical watch. It's not battery powered. You haven't wound it in a while. Charles Smoot will be disheartened and then begin to wind it to see if it actually functions. It's working. Oh, aha. Uh, so Charles Smoot, you look at your watch. It's functioning. It's ticking. Although the time is very off. At least you assume it is. What, what time does it say on the watch? Noon. Can I roll survival to determine roughly what time it is in the day? Sure. Me a thumbdial. Charles Smoot doesn't need no sundial with a total 30 on his survival check. Uh, yeah, so you can tell that it is probably about 10.30 in the morning. At the fact that his watch works, Charles Smoot would be ecstatic. 
He would basically be jumping up and down, hooting and hollering for joy. Huzzah, it works. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Oh, best gift joy ever got me. John, Kelsey, and Cece, I can't speak for Finevere, but all these people are staring at you. Kelsey kind of looks and then she sees what you're gesturing at and she then understands. But the other two are still very confused. Yeah, he does this kind of stuff sometimes. He's really weird, Uncle John. Ah, oh, but we love him anyway. No, 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 no. You don't understand. This was the watch that my wife gave me for Christmas, like, 17 years ago. I keep forgetting that you were married. Wait, you were married for 17 years? More than that. Jeez, we were married for 25 years. Oh, congratulations. Or And he just dwells on that word for a little while. And, and it's gone. However, uh, one of the... My most cherished possessions is this watch, and I refuse to part with it no matter what it was valued at, even being made out of solid gold, but... You see that John's eyes seem to light up with that comment. Did you say solid? Of course! She was she wasn't cheap. She was a joy had a very expensive taste. Trust me, I know. That's where most of the credit card debt came from. Uh, but the point is, is, she would not buy plated. Oh, no, no, no. This is solid gold. The, the band, the facing, everything. Did... What did she do? Uh, selling these tacos you mentioned? No, 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 no. She was a lawyer. John is looking more and more lost in the conversation. He actually leans forward, though. Do you mind if I take a look at that? Absolutely, I mind. What are you looking at it for? Uh, I'm honestly very curious as to how it functions and also about its value. Well, the value is irrelevant if you want an educational bit on how timepieces work. Be very, very careful. I'm surprised this still works at all. Uh, it would be an open-faced glass watch so that you could see the working of the cogs behind it as well, because this is my favorite kind. So you let him look at that at least? I would allow him to look at the watch while it is still on my wrist. He's looking at it, and then he seems to take the uh, metal arm that he has, and he kind of places it on the table like that is, while it's attached, and he kind of fidgets a little bit with the finger mechanics moving them. And you see that there do seem to be somewhat similar mechanics visible in the arm piece, as well as in the watch. Not let less steampunky, though. Still kind of futuristic looking, but you see that there are mechanical pieces working inside of it. Now there's an amazing piece of machinery. I'll point at the arm. <laughs> I think my watch is pretty cool myself. Also, it has sentimental value. Uh, uh, how long have you had that? I'll just start studying his arm, since he has it out and open and all that. About ten years. Do uh, you ever get used to it? Can you feel through it, or...? I can't feel anything through it, but it works pretty much the same as a regular hand and arm. Is it as strong as your other hand? You care to test it? Oh, uh -huh. <clears throat> uh, not me, but I think maybe Mr. Uh, Big and Brawn himself. Uh-huh, nudge nudge. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Stan. Um, what's going on? Uh, Charles I, was entirely fixated it, staring at his watch. I to test out to see how good the arm is. Uh, uh, arm wrestle, perhaps? Which arm is your watch on? I believe Charles Smoot is left-handed, so I would have put it on his non-dominant, which is his right arm. Okay. Um. Yeah, all right. Watch. Uh, it's his left. He's his left handed. Left? Oh, perfect. We're evenly matched. Well, he, he was left-handed, but... <laughs> he still is. Yeah. All right. Care to try? I feel like that's cheating, but fine. So he he basically places his elbow on the table and gestures out with the metal arm. I would meet his grip. Which is more like a solid kind of plating, but it feels very heavy as you grab onto it. And actually, like, the clinking of metal is odd, but 
the structure of the mechanics underneath almost feel like a palm. It doesn't feel like skin. It's definitely odd, but it has similar shape and not really texture, but just has that feeling. I will meet I will meet his grasp. All right, hold on. I don't know what his strength score is anymore. Cheatingly high, because he has a metal well, arm. Well, the, the arm has its own... I'm sure it does. Uh, Can right. Finn try to, like, like do that thing that people do behind boxers and, like, massage his shoulder? Like, and come on, you got this, gem. Come on. Sure. Like, Ready? Uh, Roll can your I, strength. Can I use encouraging words? No. Aw. No. What was your roll? Seven. Don't worry. You could fail. Seven. We're tied. <gasps> he looks very surprised by this. He's like, okay. All right, give me one second. Hold right, on. Yeah, just yeah, give me one second. You start think just I'm gonna sh- here. He seems to, thinks he can beat me. He seems to shift the arm a little bit against the um, stub that's left. Oh, young kids beat me. I was a wrestling coach for 17 right. years. You can do this, Smoot. Uh, just think of those times where your veins get all bulgy and you look like you can do anything. During the second attempt, I will go into barbarian rage. <laughs> Wait, have you... That hit a die, but... What was it? It hit a die what? upon landing, but it is a crit fail. I crit failed too! Did you really? <laughs> Amazing. Wait, what was his total? <laughs> Mine is five. His is also five. Oh, goodness. Okay, let's oh try Oh, my again. gosh. Round, round three, fight. Fifteen total. Okay. Um, You feel as the arm sort of gives way... And he, it goes over to the side. You you actually do win this arm wrestling on that one. Huzzah! Huh. I always knew that man was better than machine. He just pauses and he looks at his arm. Probably need to oil this thing more. It's not doing too hot. I haven't been out on a mission for a while, though. That's a pretty impressive. We'll just say his arm is in technical, uh, unmaintenance state. You guys finish up at John's house. You had a nice time. However, the girls go out and attend to their own shopping. Uh, what does Finnevere do really quick? Does he go meet up with David? Uh, um, yeah, we could say they have a, a nice lunch date. Okay, you guys have a lunch date and you talk a little bit more about uh, merchanting and you also learn a few more things about the Merchant's Guild that we'll discuss at another time. Meanwhile, Charles Smoot, what do you do? Where do you go? Since you're the one that kind of suggested that everyone go do some things and focus on themselves for the rest of that day. Uh, indeed. Charles Moon actually wanted this time for himself, seeing as he very seldom gets the opportunity to be away from the group. However, he has some business he should attend to. He's going to, in the privacy of his own room in the Seeker's base, uh, open this letter that Zora gave him. Not really sure of what the contents are, he wants to keep it somewhat secret. All right. So what I'm going to have you do is you are going to roll a linguistics check, especially because your character has technically, based upon Pathfinder rules, it takes actually, I think, a month, like 20 days or so to actually learn a language. So you guys haven't technically learned it all. So you need to make a linguistics check. Yeah. Eight total. Okay. What's your take 10 on that? So uh, take 10 would be 13 he would take his time, look over his notes and his How to Read Arthdahl for Dummies book provided to him by CC. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so essentially, it takes you a lot longer than it would if you actually had studied better. And you need to take more time to study, you you realize. But... Oh, I think about it, I don't even know what I signed earlier today. <laughs> yeah, you've been signing a lot of things. You've just been taking people out their word, honestly. Um, your character takes about an hour and a half to fully translate the letter at least to an extent where it's legible. And 
strangely enough, some of the letters do translate over into your English, although some of it does seem spelled wrong. Gosh darn phonetic languages. But Charles Smoot, you may go ahead and read the letter. Uh, let, let, let's see if I uh, have this right. Uh, uh, yet to Senai, find out what the our traveler was doing there. If we have these uh, answers, perhaps then, th- th- then. Oh no, then that's right. Uh, we can track him better. Be aware there are repriots, repriots, reports. Oh, well, that's the next bad. Of him showing hoop and two polaris prices at the seam team. It seems he is a magician. Why does that translate so well? Lord Eden. The, the butchering of the phonetic language. <laughs> this is what it actually looked like, by the way, because it is phonetic, so it's r- Rapriots. Well, Magician was such a pain. It, it's phonetic, so it's pronounced properly. It's just spelling s- weird. Spelled odd. But Charles Smoot is not very efficient with the language yet. So. Uh, well, I guess that gives me a reason to go to Sunai now. Good thing everyone already wanted to go there anyways. Well, I think with that, we're going to fade out from here. You all, essentially, after finishing up your tasks for the rest of the day, take a moment and rest until the next day. And this is where we're going to end this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. Thank you, Foundlings, for listening to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. We want to give a big thank you to our supporting producer from Patreon, Luke Simmons. Thank you. And we also want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfi and Will Savino with Music D20 for providing a lot of the ambiance and music in today's episode. Please go and consider supporting them, guys. Their links are in the description below. And remember, foundlings, if you want to support the podcast, there's many ways you can do so. One is by telling a friend. And I know you guys have been telling some people because I noticed that there's a lot of you listening now, and that's really exciting. Hey, if you want to say anything to us directly, you can always send us an email at info at missingroleplayerfound.com. So uh, yeah, go ahead and shoot us an email if you want. Otherwise, you can also join us in our Discord. That link is in our description below. And in our Discord, we're working on this, but uh, you can come and chat with us, hang out and chill if you really want to, I I guess. I mean, you got to say hi, though, once in a while. Also, make sure you guys are keeping up to date with us on our social media accounts by following us there on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on TikTok at RollFound. We also do have a Facebook page which is Missing Role Player Found. So go and follow us there, guys. You can support the podcast also by going to our website, missingroleplayerfound.com. That's missing R-O-L-L playerfound.com and picking up some merchandise where we have hats, stickers, t-shirts, and more. And if you want to support the podcast in another way, consider going to our Patreon and donating to the podcast monthly. And doing so, you can get access to early releases of episodes, bonus content. All right, Foundlings, I believe that's it from me. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next, next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.